Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Ass Juice, aka Kieran <laughs> Fletcher. Very good. Today, Very good. we're going to be getting into 2014's Bad Neighbours. Okay, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's happening. She's staring at us. Turn around. Is that a fraternity? Whoa. It's like the Gunja. Hello, sailor. Are you ready for a show? You caught about your neighbors? No. You have no idea what you started. Oh, no. Are we even now? Oh, yeah, now we're even. <laughs> Are we even now? Yeah, we're even. We're just getting started. Neighbors. Rated R. I just want to put it on the record now. Batman to me is George Clooney. I know. I figured we were going to get to that later, but I just want that on the record early I doors. Know. I know. Now that I've got that off my chest, how are we doing today? I was wondering if you were going to ask me that. I mean, we're going to get to the scene later. I just, you know, wanted to make sure everyone knew exactly where we were stood. Yeah. Um, I feel like we could track these pods over the course of like a year and it's like a, a mental health watch. <laughs> To see how close I am, <laughs> fucking going on a mad rampage. Um, today I'm good. Ideally, not a rampage it's because that feels like you're implicating yourself. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I don't want it on my shoulders. Today I'm good, but um, this week has been a nightmare. As you know, you this is it. You all, you know, you're like my best pal. You know what's going on. Well, and look, then you still go. How are you? Last like, week. It's just- <laughs> Last week, Jack listed off to me about 15 things that had gone wrong in his day. We started recording an hour and a half late, and he broke his collarbone and his bro- <laughs> dislocated his shoulder immediately after we finished recording. I oh, said, how are we doing today? And he said, all good, mate. All good. Glad to be sat here recording. Oh, my God. So maybe, go. the pod, maybe the pod is a curse. It is like the Defence Against the Dark Arts pod. No, maybe that's no. what it is. Well, unless TK's got like, the, the most awful life that I just don't know about. TK... TK's a lovely, lovely guy. He's one of the loveliest guys I've ever met. He still got punched in the face and had a tooth knocked out, Luke. We aren't, we weren't doing the pot at that point. We weren't doing the pot at that point. Okay, anyway. We did speak um, about that I'm just good. before Christmas. Well, yeah, um, that was that was not ideal. Um, I'm, I'm good anyway. I'm still here. I'm still knocking about. That's all we can do nowadays. If uh, things sound slightly different, we are recording online this week. Uh, yeah. It's a shame not, not sure. to see you. I'm in the big store. Are we? Are you home next week or not home next week? I am back on Friday for two weeks. Okay, so and I'm back in the big smoke until summer. We need to get out. Ideally, a new housemate. There's oh. a little bit of background. We're doing background suspense for people that are wondering what's going on in my life. We're doing get out next week, so it might be the easiest Daniel Kaluuya or Sydney Sweeney question. <laughs> bad neighbours before we get there. What do you think the critics thought of this one? Remind me when it came out. 2014. Mm, back when the world was a different place. I think they liked it. <laughs> You're in the I would say that. 
I always say, sorry, can you hear the sirens? I can. It's adding a bit of authenticity. Yeah, um, I, mean, I am in the big smoke. Um, I I think they liked it. I I don't think this film is out as out ah fuck me is as outrageous as say like super bad. Um, no, no. But then at the same time, there are some quite there are some quite hard hitting quotes. We're going to um, speak about I, Seth Rogen in, in about thirty seconds, so hold that thought. All right. Not so much a story as it is an idea played out in a series of wild gags, but good performances and some unexpected heart make it a cut above the usual frat boy fare. Yeah. The funniest part of watching Rogan play a man-child finally forced to grow up is realising that he probably only has a few years left during which he can play an underachieving stoner before that character goes from comedic to tragic. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of gags hit their mark in spectacular laugh-out-loud fashion. There's yep. a really nice balance of the gross-out, verbal, and slapstick comedy varieties too. I agree. I actually um, think that's what makes the rewatchability on this film. I know, sorry, I'm jumping the gun. No, no, no. The rewatchability on this film is high because, I, you know me, I'm a guy that when I'm watching a film, I'm not on my phone, I'm watching the film. I don't, but this is, why you attribute that to me? Because... Because, well, no, I'm not saying that you're not. I'm just saying that... You've attributed um, that to me before, and <laughs> to be fair... I've seen, you, I've, seen you in, I've seen you in the cinema before with the old uh, face lighting up with the old screen. Who are you talking to, Luke? Well, I always have my darkness proper down, and really that's an indication of it being a shit film. I suppose so. But it doesn't uh, It doesn't kind of shit on this film, because you can, you can be on your phone on this film, and you can miss five minutes, and you can tune back in, and a gag can still catch you off guard. It's quite. Well, like, I, I know you don't like Family Guy, or actually, it's grown on you in recent I'm kind years. Of, yeah, I'm kind of but, um, easy on. It's quite similar in that sense to. You don't have to follow the plot to understand the gags. The gags are very good. Yeah, the gags are really good in this film. You'd have seen things lighting up during Avatar because I was checking my hands to see if I was wrinkling yet because I felt I'd been <laughs> in the cinema for about seventeen years. And you felt like you were underwater. You come out like a prune. But then we watched, we watched Avatar together, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We were cuddling in the back seats, weren't we? I watched like John Wick Four last week. Yeah. Week four, last week, and I think I checked my phone once to see if it was safe to have much more of my drink, so I didn't have to piss. Is it bad to admit that I've only seen John Wick One? Well, Is that bad? no, and maybe we'll do a. Uh, some more pods in future but we did John Wick 1 uh, yeah. as part of season 2 of the podcast yeah. and I was really quite negative about it because it had been hyped up so much to me and I just didn't all man's taken right well I think I did make that comparison at the time to be fair but then I kind of had enough people say come on give it another try so I just went straight to John Wick 2 and then John yeah. Wick 2 I really liked John Wick 3 is incredible and then John all Wick right. 4 is the same so I think I need to do just like a binge week and just watch them all. Well, I rewatched them all yeah, again, and I, I still think one, one is the worst one. Um, it wasn't as good as Taken, was it? If you're comparing Taken versus John Wick, I think Taken's. I prefer film. Taken to John Wick, but then like John Wick Two is yeah objectively better. John Wick Three is a better film than Taken. Taken. Taken two and Taken three, they they just get gradually worse, don't they? So yeah, I mean, even if like John Wick three is a better film than <clears throat> Taken one. Um, yeah, okay. It's the 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 world they just expand and it's just it goes away from 
like we're going into other details here, but yeah. they they had a they had a real issue casting John Wick one because they'd got Keanu Reeves on board, and then they're he's trying to pitch it to his friends and things. Yeah, and they're like, so it's a guy that kills several hundred people because someone kills his dog and takes his car. I completely understand. Uh, and then they get Lawrence Fishburne on him. Okay, all right, yeah. you're getting something here. Then you've got uh, my arch nemesis, John Leguizamo, in there. <laughs> I completely understand. I remember back in the days when I had Twitter, um, someone was moaning about a train being delayed for an hour because someone's dog got onto the tracks. And I put a tweet up saying, yeah, if my dog got onto the tracks, I'd run after my dog on the tracks too. And this guy was like, well, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and, and then um, I can't remember what I said back, but it must have been funny because I got something like 7,000 retweets yeah. and just shat on this guy. He was a journalist for the Daily Mirror. Um, if you're, I'm not being funny. If your dog escapes on the tracks, like what are you going to do? Just, just, just be like, oh, I guess that, that's my dog gone then. But no, you're going to go after your dog. It's the fact that the train door shouldn't have opened. Byrne walks away with the film by making Kelly a well-rounded, conflicted person rather than the film's fun cop who has to tell everyone the boring truth. She's a dime. Well, yeah, we'll speak about her. She's brilliant in this. She um, is. There's little to recommend about this ugly descent into depravity. Oh. Oh. End on, a, end on a negative note. I'm not sure. Someone uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, oh. um, who's classed as a critic. But yeah, I thought a good place to start was actually following on from the one review there that mentions a particular time in Rogan's career here where he's coming to the end of being able to play the character that is ultimately his wheelhouse. Like, uh, yeah, Rogan is the stoner, yeah. I read an Empire review from the time, and the first line was, we have evidently reached a point at which Seth Rogen, who seemingly five minutes ago was the kind face of irresponsible Arrested Development, is now being cast as married man with child. Mm. Mm-hmm. Up to the point in which this film comes out, he's done Knocked Up, Superbad, Pineapple Express, Zack and Mary make a porno, Observe and Report, very odd film, 50-50, incredibly depressing film, Good the film, guilt though. trip and this is the end now this is he, the end. It's very very fun yeah we're going to do that and i think next season yeah his run after this includes the interview steve jobs the night yeah. before sausage party bad <laughs> neighbors 2 the disaster artist long shot the lion king and america pickle pam and tommy the fablemans and super mario bros I haven't watched um, Pam and Tommy. I need to watch that. There's a talking dick in it, isn't there? Yeah, not for me, that. I haven't, um, I haven't seen that, but it's, it's your man, isn't it? Bucky, the Winter Soldier. and um, Yeah, it's, it's Lily James. Lily James, yeah. yeah. So I originally set out there to make a point that his roles had drastically changed, and he's still doing some of the same thing. The night before, again, really love that film, but it's, look, I'm coming to the end of where I can play this happy-go-lucky stoner Sausage Party, don't know what the fuck's going on there, but there's a sequel coming. Uh, Is it? Yeah. Okay. I, I saw a quote where someone said Sausage Party was just an indicator of how big Seth Rogen was at that point for the yeah. fact that he could actually get that film made. Did he produce it? He's got like, he's everything to do with that, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his whole thing at the moment, he's, he's on a wild like EP spree of just everything. And then he's done that. The an American pickle was for HBO. It's got like a five point seven on IMDb. I don't think um, I don't think Seth Rogen has done anything that wrong. Like if you take if you take celebrities in the context of being an actor, 
it's like, right, you can judge them on their craft, but more often than not, celebrities get cancelled. I mean, look at James Franco. I was about get, to say, yeah, they get cancelled because of not because they can or cannot act; it's because of their actions. I don't think Seth Rogen's. He's not. He's just not a dick, is he? I know he is quite like political on Twitter, isn't he? So, but, as um, far as we know, and look, some there's some yeah. people. Um, you never know, and then it comes out in there. They're the worst yeah, person in the world. True. But up it's until true. this point, the worst thing Seth Rogen's done is being friends with James Franco in the eyes of most. Yeah. And yeah. it's interesting that we said about comedy, and it may not even be the age of Seth Rogen now, although I do think he's tried to branch out a bit. You look at Steve Jobs, you look at uh, The Lion I King. Jobs. That's Fassbender, isn't it? Yeah, and the oh, Fablemans. So he's clearly trying to do some more serious dramatic work. Yeah. But also, we just don't really get comedy films like this made anymore. Yeah, that's exactly it. That is exactly it. That's why I, when I said, you know, what do the reviews make of this? There isn't any films like this anymore. We don't really get any uh, kind of mid-budget comedies anymore so we definitely don't the high budget ones turn into superhero movies basically so you get deadpool and that kind of thing in terms of like superhero movies isn't it really well you kind of you don't really get teen comedies anymore which is a genre that i love um you won't find many rated highly on imdb this is a 6.3 on imdb by the way so for anyone that checks the imdb and then won't watch a film because of it and i've been guilty of it myself this was a big wake-up call for me yeah me too this it it shouldn't this film shouldn't be a 6.3 on imdb it should be significantly higher than that it's a good so the acting is good for a comedy the acting is actually quite good zach efron say what you want about zach efron he is. He gets put in roles because he's handsome. The guy can also fucking act. He's a good actor. Like he is actually really good. Well, something um, he's great in this. Franco's little brother's great in this. Something I maybe should have sent you earlier because I asked uh, a few other people this question. I took a look back on Wikipedia. They do kind of. You can find these lists of all the comedy films made in this decade, or all the action films made in this decade. Mm. I think the last great comedy that came out that I enjoyed was Game Night in 2018. And I can't think of a more recent one than that. 2018. Um, and it, we're, talk, we're talking films that, that go to cinema and not films that just pop up on Yeah, Netflix. I'm talking because... It's all Alex, to Netflix and Amazon Prime now, isn't it? Yeah, well, Alex was giving me some suggestions and I was saying, I essentially mean films that are billed as a comedy, films that yeah. are advertised as a comedy, not like a drama that has some funny moments, not no, 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 a no. movie that has some funny moments. Like, No, you're looking at, again, you're looking at the, the Seth Rogen, um, it's not even, it's not his genre, but super bad, Pineapple yeah. Express, um, you know, Bad Neighbours is all very, you watch a Seth Rogen film in that era, you know what you're getting when you go into it. Well, this isn't, it's not cryptic, is it? You know what Bad Neighbours is going to be when you walk yeah. in. Well, um, I'm, I'm trying was, to think. 2018. So, what? What you think? This was kind of this. Fa- these films had started being phased out already. So, in 2014, alongside Neighbours, we get 22 Jump Street after the success of 21. Deadpool mm-hmm. comes in 2016. Um, we've done Deadpool. it on the pod before. We enjoyed Dirty Grandpa. Most people didn't. Um, Deadpool's a different. 
um, beast. Yeah, mode. exactly. I'm just the type, yeah. even the type of comedy. And then you, because you can see as time goes on, like the nice guys was 2016. That's not a straight out and out comedy. It's no, just few and far between. That's like a crime film in a, in a sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know if these things went to TV instead. We seem yeah, to go more I to like it, satire now. Yeah, I think they did. I, I honestly can't think of anything. I can't think of anything because I was going to compare this film to Project X. You probably yeah, have, I'm assuming you've got that in your notes. I think this film's better than Project Some editing. X personally. But um, if you're judging it as like a party film, I'd rather be at the, um, I'd actually rather be at Teddy's than be at Project X to be completely um quick question that's gonna really, that's gonna really bug me because i'm sure there is i'm sure there is at least one film in the past six years that is a blatant oh hey um, you're gonna you can follow it up next week if you think of one off the top okay. of your head do you have a top three seth rogan roles um, it's difficult because he's he's usually a background character so he doesn't he doesn't I've, kind of take the whole pineapple express pineapple express he's great in uh, I can't say super bad because no. he's only the, the police officer in it, but I know how heavily invested he was in that. Pineapple Express, Bad Neighbours. Um, I don't know. Don't Chuck, um, if you don't say this film, if you don't say this film, do you know what the thing that keeps popping into my head is the um, the Kanye West piss take? Of the oh, bank. for God's sake! Uh, is that what you're going to say? No. When what? will people start respecting Knocked Up? Oh yeah, Knocked Up. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, we okay. came to do that on this show, and I came on, and I was so full of energy, ready to share my enthusiasm for this film. Yeah, but he's and good. Nobody, in the nobody shared it. He's good in the forty-year-old virgin as well. He's good in that. Yeah, I was even using this as an excuse, like when uh, my brother was gonna have his first kid. I was like, "You need to watch this film first. This is the perfect opportunity. Watch this film." Mm-hmm. No, nope. nobody watches this film enough, and it is. I think it's his best his best role. It's the, it's the most Seth Rogen performance that Seth Rogen has done. No, I think this film is very Seth Rogen. It is. It is. He's he's far more self aware of what people want to see from Seth Rogen at this point. Knocked Up is also um, is the same kind of film as This Is Forty. Um, not sorry, not This Is Forty. Um, the Forty Year Old Virgin. Well, this is forty. Yeah. Is, is the spin-off of not uh, yeah. knocked up. So yeah, yeah. But they, um, the forty-year-old virgin gets put on like ITV two or whatever all the time. The same as like forgetting Sarah Marshall is always on ITV two. Same director as this. Is it? Yep. Nice. The original plans for this film were quite different. So the film was originally written as Mac and his friends going against the fraternity, and then. Rogan's wife basically read the script and said to him, your friends would not care about this fraternity war and said, it makes far more sense that he's there with his wife and kid and they move in next door. And so this was nearly very different. She's completely correct as well. Well, yeah, because the original um, alternative was, the original idea, this didn't go as far as the whole script, was Seth Rogan's character was going to, they were going to move in next door and he was going to wind up joining the frat. Right. And then people said, you've basically just done old school, which we did in 2003. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is the same film, Frank the Tank. Yeah. Weird how different films could be before they go through the yeah. editing process, isn't it? Yeah. That's why some are so impressive when you hear that like only one person works on them. I think it's better when less people work on it. 
because it doesn't get so polluted with all this bullshit that goes on. I'm still pissed off that Edgar Wright um, decided to leave Ant-Man because I feel like it just would have been a completely different film and it would have taken Marvel in a complete, completely different direction other than just these, you know, you walk into a Marvel film now and you know what you're going to watch before you watch it. You know, it, I feel like there, there is too much pollution in and, you know, weight distribution in all these films that get made low. I don't know. I, I just like indie films. Don't I? I know you don't, you don't watch. Well, I don't think you need, I don't think Marvel films are the place for those people other than them getting some experience working with a big budget. I think they're yeah. largely there as a placeholder to uh, kind of do the dirty work while someone above you really. Got like, you've got people like Seth Rogen, James Franco. I'm going to talk about James Franco because he is We're a talented speak about him guy. In a minute. He is a talented guy and he has got, you know, he is, um, he, 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 I mean, he's talented. He is what he is, but I know obviously his personal preferences and his, his downfalls have let him down ultimately, but he, he's good at what he does. Um, so Franco, Seth Rogen, Judd Apatow, if they write a script together, that would be better. The three of them writing a script is going to be better quality than if 10 other people were involved in that script, yeah. I think personally. So it's, it's usually uh, Evan Goldberg, isn't it? With, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's the one. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, someone else who's very good at their job is Rose Byrne. Uh, first of all, just, Glad they let her keep her accent in this. There was no reason to just force her to do an American accent. Yeah, they put a little bit of segue into how she moved from Australia, don't they? They keep That's like, literally all you need to do. So they do it with, yeah. um, and I was going to mention this in the Zac Efron section. There's a thing now, whenever you cast John Cena, where you have to make a comment about like how freakishly large he is, just mm. so the filmmakers feel comfortable that as an audience, they can say, look, we're in on this as well. We're well aware this guy does not look like a regular human being. What do you make of John Cena's transition to acting? I think he's good. I think if you put him in the right roles, I think the guy who deserves more credit is uh, Batista, I think. Yeah, Batista is actually a good actor, to be fair. Um, John Cena, I I prefer John Cena to say like the likes of Mark Wahlberg, to be honest. Oh, I mean... I think John Cena's really good. Have you watched Peacemaker? No, but I have it ready to watch. you need to because I'll tell you what, watch watch Peacemaker and then me and you will have a discussion over who's better. The range she has is incredible. I'm still quite wound up from Jack on here, however many years ago, preaching about the range of Tom Hardy in comparison what, uh, to some other... Huh? Tom, I mean, Tom Hardy, what, what do you want me to say about him? Well, I don't. I was just making it as a reference point for a... Like in like season five, when you make a reference to something in season one, just for the people that have been there the whole time to have a little nod and go, oh, I remember. Do you not think Tom Hardy has a range then? Not in the same way that Rose Byrne many does. others do. Rose Byrne's range is far superior to what Tom <laughs> Hardy's done. No, it's not. It's not. Tom Hardy's range is far superior. It's not. It's not. Rose Byrne does comedy. Tom Hardy can do comedy. He can do serious. Rose Byrne does comedy. Rose Byrne has done a far greater range of films than Tom Hardy has, and she's not playing herself in every single one of them. Tom Hardy doesn't play himself in every film. I mean, a three a three film stretch I can see in front of me. Twenty eight weeks later, Insidious Bridesmaids. 
I've just blown Tom Hardy out of the water range-wise. 28 weeks later, was Rosebud in that? Yes, she was the lead. She was the lead female. I thought, that's 28. Oh, 20, I'm thinking of Killian Murphy. She was in um, the one with Idris Elba. I don't even know if I've watched that. I must have watched it. 28, it's the zombie film. Yeah. I must have watched that, but what is forgettable, put it that way, because 28 days later... Well, that's it's really- early in a, a career, I'm just telling you. Like right here, 28 weeks later, Insidious, Bridesmaids, X-Men First Class, The Place Beyond the Pines, The Internship. And there's still yeah, far geez. more. Yeah, but I could say the same about Tom Hardy's early career. Like, um, Stuart, A Life Backwards. You might have watched that. Great oh, film. We've had this conversation, I think, great on here before. Film. Great, great film. I'm not saying oh, he's not what? a good actor. I'm saying the people that say... I don't even like him that much to defend him, but like, I just I just think Rose... All right, whatever. They're, people that will say like... They both be good. They are good. I'm like, people will reference Bronson and Legend. And he's basically doing the same thing. And then they'll mention Bane. And it's like, you're basically doing the same thing again. I'm just saying, Rose Byrne shouldn't be as comfortable in a comedy as she is when you look at the more serious work she's done. Very good. No one expected her to be as good in Bridesmaids as she was. And then she goes like into this and it just opens up a whole nother lane. Not sure why she's still doing like Insidious 5. Bridesmaids was still, she was still a comedy role in that. She was the Yeah, I'm saying, so when Bridesmaids came in, she wasn't supposed to be as good as she was. Yeah. And okay. people didn't expect her to be as good as she was because of the track record that she'd had previously with the type of films she's done. She's just yeah. very good. I, I think she's actually the star of this film. Um, She's, okay, yeah, she's, I haven't got her down as the star of the film, but I'm not going to take anything away from her. She's brilliant. She is brilliant in this film. She's my favourite quote, for sure. We'll get to the quotes. Um, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But she is fantastic in this. They, I think they are both as good as each other, to be fair. Well, something, um, that's, and her. something that's good, particularly for this type of comedy, um, for what it is, they usually accept, and it feels bad to say, that female roles aren't usually too well thought out, I feel it's fair to say. Yeah. In like an American pie, you're usually in there as the butt of a joke, eye candy, or... Yep. I guess just a, a smaller character role in this, and it feels ridiculous even to say it's just a far more fleshed out character. That's the um, nature of most films, to be honest. Most most films, James Bond films, the girls, yeah, they're strong characters, but they are side characters. You look at any Star Wars film, you've got Princess Leia, she feminist icon, but she's still not. She's not Luke Skywalker, is she? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's the reality of um, kind of what we've grown up with in terms of how men how men are that viewed sorry and how women are viewed but i think things are changing you've got tv tv shows like euphoria are changing stuff like that yeah yes yeah, <laughs> a little feminist no. tangent um, but yeah 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 she is um they are equal in this they are they are a power couple and i know that they allowed a lot of improvisation on yeah. the set and yeah. so for one you have to imagine a lot of what we see is her doing that as well, which is impressive to do. And allowing her to have a natural accent probably went a long way as well because trying mm-hmm. to improvise on your feet and then put it in an accent is probably a lot tougher than we would even imagine. You say we would even imagine like I didn't go to drama school for three years. No, but, but yeah, it is your, your accent isn't it there is. to be judged uh, by millions different. of people. Yeah, that's... <laughs> 
yeah, you're right. It's true. You're right. <laughs> like if you imagine the pressure of doing it in like a stage, and I know it's it's a different uh, type. No of stage. But... Stage. You have the liberty of um, if you. I've done stage work where I, I know that never I get the same show twice. Yeah, exactly. My girlfriend's different every night. And it would but be, yeah, you'd be drilling that, this. You get off and you're like, well, that was shit, but at least no one watched it. But, but I mean, even like that's drilled to, to do this on the fly. Yes, you have the the grace of getting it wrong, but people are going to get tired if you're doing that very quickly. Or it'd be easy to cower back and not do it if you were, you need to really think out how each word needed to sound or whatever. Yeah. Accents are a strange one. Accents are uh, entirely... They're an art all of their own. Sometimes it's weird because sometimes when, not to get to the technicalities of things too much, but when you do when you do a different accent, you do think differently as well. It's, there's a very weird like psyche to it. Um, but I think definitely speaking in your own accent allows you to be you, put it that way. Yeah. So when it comes to improv, and especially if you're funny, if you're given the, you know, opportunity to be funny in your own accent all you have to think about is the jokes so yeah that is that is nice and i'm conscious i don't want to just run through the entire cast but these are several people that we've actually not had a chance to speak about previously i think the cast is great the the frat themselves zach efron dave franco christopher mince plass and jared carmichael and we'll speak about efron and franco separately in just a second yeah dave franco deserves a lot of credit for this film yeah, they're all so good. They're all so yeah, good. Yeah. And Efron yeah. is surprisingly... Uh, he's, he plays it fairly straight for kind of the alpha male yeah. leader in a teen yeah. comedy. Yeah. But he's got like Dave Franco, if you were doing like arm equivalents, <laughs> he's kind of like his right-hand man, he's his lieutenant or whatever. Yeah. And then you've got the kind of dumb numbskull in uh, Christopher Mintz Plass, yeah. Scooney there is kind of picking up the slack and doing a bit of everything. Yeah. The most mental thing I've read this week is that there's only a three year age gap between Seth Rogen and Dave Franco. I can I can see that. Do you what did you think there was a bigger age gap, did you? One of them is playing a college kid and one of them is playing a middle aged man with a wife and kid. No, you've just said Zach Efron and Dave Franco. You're Sorry, about- Seth Rogen and Dave Franco. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, that, that is, yeah, that's a, that is apparent. As in, they they definitely don't look the same age. No, but three years. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, but that's you know, it depends. You can, yeah, but you can do that shit. It depends what character you're playing. Well, no, Dave Franco is going to be a guy who can play someone in his mid twenties, probably until he's in his forties. Dave Franco is so good in this. Yeah, we'll get to speak about him in a second. But like, he's actually so so good in this. He's better than Zac Efron in this. Zac Efron is great, but it's, it's kind of like uh, how old is Timothy Chalamet going to be before he isn't playing the youngest guy in the film, the son or the prince or whatever? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, how old is Chalamet now? He's probably like, mid mid twenties, right? Yeah. yeah. It's so depressing to know that we're probably older than him. Where were we? <laughs> Zac Efron. Yeah, right. Cool. So good in this. His comedic timing is spot on. Uh, there's the moment. What I like about Zac Efron is that he plays he plays the jock and he plays this and that. You know, Zac Efron's like I think he's like five foot eight. He's very very <laughs> he's very very short. He's like my height. And he played um, he played Troy. Short Bolton. King. He played Troy Bolton 
in High School Musical. And I'm not embarrassed to say that I know that his name was Troy Bolton and that I've watched High School Musical because I know that, exactly, I know that me and you have duetted Breaking Free several times, usually over three or four pints. But what's funny about that film is that he's a basketball, like, god at five foot eight. It just, it's just not true, is it? It's just not the reality, especially in America where they're trying to churn out like the absolute top of the top athletes that are six foot five at least. And then in this film, Dave Franco's even shorter. Yeah. Franco makes him look at least 5'10", five, 5'11". Five, well, Hollywood, you can wear so, the tricks out. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, Scary. The the things I really like from him in this, because like I said, he's not necessarily the punchline guy the whole way through. He's almost the guy that facilitates the punchline. Yeah, and he's the setup. The moment I wrote down was uh, when they just called the cops and the policeman is in the doorway and he stood behind him and he's just kind of pacing. He's like gesticulating in shock and he's got his hands on his head pacing. Yeah. Oh, well, he can't, he can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's like the kind of thing you would see from like a pro wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. Like so OTT, but I, I was loving it when I watched yeah, it. Yeah, he's, he's great. He is great. Because to be honest, we actually just forgot about this film in when we did the first movie bracket because we did comedies and we did 28 films. And I can say for a fact, there weren't 27, 28 films that we preferred than bad neighbors. We just forgot about it on the day and we come too far down the line. And so I've put off watching this a couple of times because, because it is, it is forgettable when you, you know, I don't even know if it is. I think it's just, Oh, it is. When we were speaking about doing this, um, this film for the pod and we were speaking about films that we like and we were talking about comedies and whatever and obviously Bad Neighbours came up I was like yeah I love that film and when I thought about it and I was like what do I love about that film I, I, it is great but because it's so many gags it's like how many gags can you squeeze in a minute it is very similar to Family Guy in that sense that you do kind of what what was that review what, the review that you said earlier where they were like uh, it's just stuff piled on top of each other because it kind of is there's no real plot to it is there not really um, um not so much a story as it is an idea played out in a series of wild gags yeah like that's that is true that's the reality of this film yeah. but it's still a brilliant film because every gag hits i was going to ask your thoughts on this because i was doing some reading about efron and again he's he's had his own personal issues and that's really why he's not the star that he probably should be today yeah, what's the crack with Efron? His, his face so, looks weird. So I wasn't going to comment on that because I, I was a bit harsh. Um, no, I don't. Okay, but what's going? What's going on? What's the crack? Did he do that to himself, or is it? Another- I think he's just—he's had a rough time. Basically, um, he's had issues Why? with drink and drugs, and right, and so that's why. Really, he's as I say, he's not the biggest movie star in the world. He, in my opinion should have been the next casting for Wolverine. Well, I, I, I four or five years ago, I would have loved for him to be Wolverine. I read suggestions before with people saying that he could have and should have been an action movie star. And mm. that's what he should have done. And you mentioned him earlier, actually. They used Mark Wahlberg as the reference point. What's it? Efron. The Efron can do Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg does everything still. Efron's better than Mark Wahlberg. It doesn't need to be a Mark Wahlberg pile on. I'm just Mark Wahlberg does everything, and he yeah. does everything convincingly. Okay, he does your 
15 rated, decent enough, 6.5 out of 10 action films. He, he's done stoner comedies. He's done action comedies. He's, he's, good in Ted. he's done He's done everything. And Zac Efron, as we see here, can do all of that. I, I didn't bother with the Ted Bundy film. I don't know if you did. I felt like well, I don't yeah. know how many Ted Bundy films we need to see. Yeah. No, I've watched, I've watched a Ted Bundy one. It's good. He's good. He okay. can act. He do can well, act. He, he, yeah, he can act. What the initial um, suggestion I s- saw was that with the rate at which he broke through, he should have been the next Tom Cruise. And so I dialed it back a bit and went for Wahlberg. Mm. But you, yeah, I guess he can do, he can do the Mark Wahlberg style roles and Mark Wahlberg. He came over a bit later. You know, he was doing everything else uh, early on. Yeah. He could even get those Cena roles. I think Cena's a busy man these days because you need to watch Peacemaker. Oh, oh, oh I will. But I'm, that is, I think that is what skyrocketed his career. To be honest, that it's a really, really good TV show. It's really good. He's great in it. Well, Efron, so much better than like the Suicide Squad films. Efron can kind of do the Cena thing, and he just doesn't look so stand out. Like, oh, like so bulky. Well, like his his shape in this is obviously incredible, and they they reference it so many times to basically, <laughs> like I said with Cena, say. Look, we can see this as well. By the way, it isn't just this guy who's just freakishly ripped in this film. Yeah, that's, and no one's talking about it. Like pain yeah. and gain. The whole thing is like, look how ridiculously in shape these guys are. With that's this the one, thing with these films. It it's the same in um, it's the same in all these like American college films. The guys are always ridiculously jacked, and it's like to to look like that, you would need to be in the gym six days a week, training for three hours. Your diet would need to be meticulous. Like, um, Teddy is, like, drinking and smoking and doing all this shit. You would not look like a fucking real-life action man. Do you know what I mean? No, but you've got to think with Zac Efron, he's one of those where when you've come in, is basically being... You've been, he's been a heartthrob from the second he's been on TV, on, on TV screens. Good-looking guy. So what I mean is the pressure then to maintain that... Yeah. Like... The same thing happened with um, Taylor Lautner. In Twilight, yeah, I mean, he was he was put in Twilight to be sexy, and he was he had the eight pack and he had the pecs and all of that, and he had to just live in the gym and just yeah. be this sexy dude, and, it's and like, it can drive well, people crazy. Like, I think it did. I think it drove him mental. Yeah. Well, his upcoming projects, he's got a show called Killing Zac Efron, where he's basically just being Bear Grylls and right. just going into the jungle. Okay. Um, he's doing a rom-com at the moment with Joey King, uh, the girl from Bullet Train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Nicole Kidman and Kathy Bates. She's good. The, um, the synopsis is basically yeah. like... Uh, Joey King's... Yeah, she's she's the, the short-haired, the brunette girl. Yeah. Blue eyes. Yeah. What else has she been in? Because I, I recognise the name. She, uh, so she was in Bullet Train and she was in... I forget what it's called. The true story of the Some- the, the mother that was basically... I don't know. I've seen doing, him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's back on Disney doing a remake of 1977's Three Men and a Baby. Um, oh, he's really? doing a comedy with John Cena called Ricky Stanicki, <laughs> right. um, which is about these people do the, these, these kids commit a crime when they're younger. They create a fake alias. And then for the next however many years, they can just do all these things and they just attribute it to this fake alias the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and he's doing a drama bar pick where he plays a wrestler. So 
he I could see him playing a wrestler because again like you said they'll just do Hollywood magic where they make him look tall no he's too short to be a wrestler really but let's move on to the best scenes and I mean there's 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 quite a few in this one to be fair if we go through chronologically the baby's first rave scene (laughs) is great neither of us have a child fortunately but all Did the you comments, say fortunately or unfortunately? Fortunately. Hmm, okay, interesting. Do either of us need a child? Um, You've just come on here saying how much you struggle to look after yourself. <laughs> Stop putting a child into that mix. Yep, you're right. Unfortunately, neither of us have a child. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of the comments about the scene, about how relatable it is, they said there's a rumour that Prince might perform, which is straight out of the Project X kind of handbook. Mm. and eventually they fall asleep and something in this scene caught my eye oh yeah any ideas uh, the baby being awake all night incorrect the baby, being, the baby being stuck in the stroller no no they get a facetime from their <laughs> friend paula who says i, I ordered i ordered so much food and i'm not even hungry yeah which firstly suggests that everyone has left now, yeah. I slowed this scene down to have a okay. look at the spread that she's ordered. Yeah. <laughs> I spotted a cheeseburger. Nice. A stack of pancakes with, like, trifled strawberries on top. Quite filling. What appears to be an omelette. Okay. Multiple club sandwiches. Okay. Some more pancakes with chocolate sauce. Nice. A banana milkshake. Strange. A brioche bun, um, couldn't tell what was in there, and mm. a plate of scrambled eggs. Now it's a breakfast meal. No, there, there's a cheeseburger there. Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah, just, but that's a breakfast meal. How do you how do you know is, the cheeseburger wasn't left over from the night? She said she's just ordered it. This is just yeah. such a rash spread. Several. What kind of place delivers all these things? Yeah. Yeah. At that time as well. I'm assuming it's late at night. Yeah, you wouldn't get that in London. How much did this all cost? Mm Mm-hmm. And worst of all, she seems to have picked at things. Yeah. If I have a burger and chips, I eat the chips and then the burger. Oh, really? She's gone AWOL. I had a burger and chips earlier. I go for the burger first. Chips in the middle. Oh, in the middle. And then the burger to finish it. No, no. The only eat half the burger, eat the chips. Well, then, then it's going to go cold off. when you've unwrapped it. But you could say the same about the chips. Well, no, because you eat one and you leave the other wrapped up warm. Mm. The only thing I mix and match with is a fry-up. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think everyone mixes and matches with a fry-up. But all the food did look great, so like, if there is really a place that... Uh, can deliver all of that at that hour to that standard but fair play yeah meeting the neighbors uh the whole keep it down chat before is great yeah if i had to assume which scenes maybe uh improvised and which not that strikes me as one where they probably had quite a few takes and did they kind of keep it down in different ways yeah yeah i think so there's there's a lot of scenes where you can kind of i like watching scenes where 
it's not the actor that's saying the lines that you're watching, it's the other actors to yeah, see how yeah, they yeah. react. Yeah. I think that's what gives away, um, that is what usually gives away improv scenes. That's nice. Uh, you got a hot, st- are you doing something there? Sorry, I just <laughs> fiddling with something, don't worry. Sorry. You're mic'd up. Sorry. You're sorry. supposed to be a professional these days. I know, I'm uh, hot stepper plays their approach. Seth Rogen does the thing in which I think is basically just supposed to show us how much older he is than everyone involved. Like when trying to be cool, just the flinging the hands around, like they're doing like gang motions. That, that is um, not directly my, my best moment, but it's related to my best moment. um, When, when they first meet and he does the little, he does the little um, dance and the hand fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> he just does this weird little, you can tell that that's improvised. Right? Dave Dave Franco kills me in this scene when he, he's just doing, oh, she scrunched her little nose. He's just so enthusiastic. Yeah. When they say, oh, what's her name? She says Stella and he goes, best name ever. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, he's great. Franco's great in this. Kelly says, uh, oh, she's such a little flirt. And Teddy's like, oh, just like her mum, I bet. <laughs> yeah. And what does Severin is like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. a, a good awkward silence done well is perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, in this neighbourhood, we don't keep off the grass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they all build up. It is how you'd go about it. Yeah. If you could just sometimes keep it down is the yeah. is the punchline of the whole thing. Keep it down. Yeah. And then as you say, him shaking the fist before leaving. Nice touch. And then they walk away like unsure <laughs> if they've done the right thing or not. Yeah, yeah. Or the the build up to that when they're just marvelling at Zac Efron. I think she says, Look at that sailor or something like that. Um oh, what did she say? Well she she then says, uh Oh, and look at that blonde. And he's like, well, I can't see. I mean, I can see the blonde guy over there. I can't see yeah. what you're. Uh... Very no, good. Say about Zach Efron, it's something about. It's like so and so fucked to so and so. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember the quote. Yeah. Um, the history of the fraternity is good. The the Lonely Island cameo, which I remember they were doing quite a bit at the time. Yeah. I remember them popping up in the Watch. If you remember that film. I do. Ben Stiller. Yeah, they, they were just randomly like the aliens were coming and they were just wanking each other off from memory. Yeah, they were, yeah. Teddy and Peter in a shirt and tie for some for some reason. Yeah. Um, and this is a way of them mocking all of the frat stuff, but we also just still get to enjoy all of it on screen as well. Yeah, yeah. The first party. To enjoy this film, <laughs> are we just supposed to ignore the amount the baby is left alone? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, I, I still don't really understand why they brought the baby around in the first place. Well, no, why for this party, they don't. They leave her at home and they bring the baby monitor and that's just the way of offsetting it, basically. Yeah, yeah. But she's she's on the baby monitor, though, isn't she? She's yeah. dancing with the girls and she's listening to the baby monitor. Yeah, because if we're saying that Rose Byrne's part is fleshed out, Every other female in this film goes, "Oh, one dimensional." <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, it all starts off so nice, though. You think that Teddy's actually quite a nice guy, <laughs> and like the girls are actually quite nice. They they like the kid. They're like, "Oh," and they're all maternal and all that shit. They're they're crossing swords. 
playing. Yeah, they're actually they're, they're actually quite good friends at the start, aren't they? During he buys some walkie talkies during the space of this party. They get on mushrooms. Mm-hmm. He's then randomly shirtless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing that killed me the most: there's a random kid sketching them. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and just drawing stick figures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Dave Franco does his trick to a crowd. Yeah, what a trick! Wait, what a trick! Yeah. When, also, one of my um, potential best moments is when they have the fight, <laughs> and he uses the trick to get out of the fight. But even when he's doing <laughs> the, the fight, trick, and he runs it, just gives himself a bonus. When he's doing the trick the first time around, the fact that he's asked to do it means I assume everyone else there knows what he's about to do, and they all still gather around anyway. They love it. They love it. He's like Jesus to them, and they've got like a thirty-five-year-old woman sat there in a chair ready to be impressed by this yeah um that is impressive though i couldn't do that could you do that just get it up no no it's 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 shot almost like the montages that you see a couple of times in project x like there's a lot of handheldish shots here you've got a lot of up close action just quick flashes of various levels of debauchery yeah yeah there's a guy just chowing down in one scene which you don't usually see on screen yeah, it, it is. It's very. It's very well done. The whole the whole party scene is uh is classic Project X. What came out first, Project X? I'm guessing Project X is 2012. Yeah, yeah. And then we get to uh, the Batman scene. Uh, one <laughs> of the, uh, I guess, most talked about scenes from the film. Hey, who's Batman to you? Like when you think of Batman, who's Batman? Are you kidding me? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Michael Keaton is Batman to me. Where is he? <laughs> and Michael, Bat- Michael Keaton's Batman was like, Hey, I'm Batman. No, hey, I'm Batman. No, dude, no, I'm Batman. This is what Batman sounds like. I'm counting on it. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> Where is it? He, <laughs> where's the trigger? <laughs> he, he, fucked up, um, he fucked up that line, doesn't he? Yeah. He says, what's he saying, Michael Batman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They probably just keep. They were like, "Oh, that sounds. That sounds." Uh, yeah, they just kept it in because they probably thought, "Well, the characters fucked at this point." Yeah, the, Rogan the was probably standing during that anyway. The Bale impression was a thing for a while. Mm. Probably, so was the Bane impression. Yeah, Do you want them the Bane impression. Everyone yeah, I do. We were all doing the Bane impression. <laughs> we were doing it in the car. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, my favourite scene of the film is the uh, De Niro party where yeah, everything great. in this it, it is just perfect. What, what is are you this? wearing? What, what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah. We're throwing a Robert De Niro party. Oh. Should be pretty fucking loud. It's probably going to go pretty fucking late too. I'm a taxi driver, De Niro. Yeah, I meet the fuck as De Niro. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Who painted that mole on your face? Did you do that yourself? Yes, I did. Yes, I did, fucker. Who are you? Oh, I'm uh, Sam Jackson, you know, from Jackie Brown. Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! That's not even, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the whole scene. Prepare for the righteous man. <laughs> oh, that's the, that, that is the bit that, that writes me off. Yeah. First thing to say, Dave Franco's impression is genuinely very good. Right, yeah, he's great at this. He is what carries that scene. I'm watching you, fucker. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> and then when he's like, when he takes the couch, you can see oh, the couch. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's when you think the impressions uh, have stopped and he says you broke the circle of trust mm. oh it's so good you've got a taxi driver there with Teddy you've got a Fokker with uh, Pete 
Sam Jackson from Jackie Brown. You've got Scooney who just starts doing the Pacino who are from Scent of a Woman. And then the, when they start doing... a really fun group of guys. You want to be their friends. When they start doing you talking to me, uh, at that point I'm done. Yeah. And when Lucas <laughs> Rogan's going, that's that's not even the right stage. Yeah, he starts doing this, uh, the Jules speech from uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and when um, I mean, the real the real yeah. estate, she starts getting, <laughs> and she's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean that whole scene leads to uh, them taking the baby to the hospital, where they say. Your baby has HIV. <laughs> is how badly this could have gone. <laughs> Who the fuck says that? Yeah, her reaction makes it as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, incredible. <laughs> um, the breast pump scene. Great scene. So, I know you enjoyed that scene. Huh? I know that you enjoyed that scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. Um, for one, it was just the last thing you expected in that moment. Yeah. You certainly didn't expect her to just suddenly be shirtless. Um, they look real, don't they? Yeah, it's a, a body double, uh, quite yeah. obviously. But it's just you didn't expect uh, there to be tits in that moment. <laughs> and then every her screaming, her makeup's running. Yeah, he goes to do it, and then he's having to try and talk her down. With- they do look sore as well. They look very swollen and painful. And then when he starts doing oh, the puns man. afterwards, it's, it's just very, their chemistry the whole way through, In no matter what situation. Yeah, they actually seem like a genuinely married couple, don't they? They seem yeah. like mates that like are ready to take on the world together. Do you, you know what? That's that's one of the, the things about this film when when they have that mini, like, it's not even a breakup. Yeah. That mini fight where she's like, I'll go and find another man, then I'll, then I'll blah, 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 blah. And then, like the next day, he's like, "I'm so sorry." She's like, "I'm so sorry." Like, it's just that they don't need to do that. They, well, they, I guess you, they had to do something just to show that they were strong, pretty much. The casting director can pat himself on the back there because I have yeah. to think a Seth Rogen film in 2014, there probably wasn't a shortage of actors that were willing to do this role. No, with Rose well, in Rose Byrne's shoes, and so career sort of thing. Yeah, or even, I guess there's probably some quite legitimate people that were also willing to do it. And Who would you recast Rose I don't Byrne? think I would, because I think she's the best person in the film. You could still put Leslie Mann in, though. Nah. I'd, I'd almost sooner recast Seth Rogen in this film than her. Really? Seth Rogen's my, um, my MVP in this. I think he's so good. I, I don't. I wouldn't say he carries the film, but I think the film's not the film without Seth Rogen. To be no, honest, no, I don't think. I th- I think it's tough to recast anyone, and we'll get there. But yeah, I think any one of the main four are very tough. I mean, Dave Franco is probably the most expendable of of all of them, and even then, I I wouldn't I wouldn't swap him out. I wouldn't take Dave Franco out of this one. No, I, I wouldn't. I'm saying of Efron, Byrne, Rogan. I'd sooner take Zac Efron out than um. No, because yeah. Dave Franco, he can't do Zac Efron's part. Like, yeah, there's no one else that looks like Zac Efron. Fortunately for Zac Efron, well, um, yeah, back then he was, um, yeah, he was, he was the guy, wasn't he? Everyone, yeah. everyone thought you, you, he, he's probably still is though. You can't say, oh, do you think Zac Efron's good looking? And people would be like, no, he's ugly. No. Uh, uh, if someone's objectively good looking, they're good looking. 
the, the Lisa Kudrow scene is good where she, she's basically doing Phoebe from Friends, but... You don't bloody like Friends. No, I don't, but I know I've seen enough of it that I, to know that's what she's yeah. doing in, in she this is, film. Yeah. yeah. I'm always thinking about the headlines. And then teed up for what is a joke that I imagine hits a lot harder in America with Roseburn thinking the name was Dean and not the profession. Well, my... I mean, I know you like to do this at the end, but that's my best moment. Not not that, but directly before. My my best moment is where... <laughs> my best quote, sorry, not my best moment, is where she says, here's a headline, well, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and then Seth Rogen just chips in, that's what you get. <laughs> that's, that is my favourite quote in the entire film. Because I feel like that's what you get is improvised. Well, he reels off his... Quote, and that's very poorly written. I wouldn't be printed. I yeah, don't know where yeah. you're educated. Here's, here's your headline. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> the uh, the scene where they go to the party for the second time, Roseburn again, great in this scene. Her slow motion walk off is unbelievable. Yeah. The, the neon aesthetic, it's, like it's there's been a glow stick explosion or like yeah. it's come off like the cutting room floor of drive. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the scene ends with Paula wearing McLovin's choker. Yeah, yeah, which I wasn't prepared for. He's a big boy, isn't he? (laughs) I mean, I'm assuming uh, he's a big boy. I was listening to something earlier, and they said that maybe that was uh, Seth Rogen almost apologising for him being referred to as McLovin for the rest of his life. He's now referred to as this grown guy who's just got this unbelievable length and gets the girl. It's when he picks, it's when what's his name picks him up later on in the film. He's like, he's so light, he's all gone. (laughs) Well, when they're winding him up earlier and he's like, I know know her vagina is going to be ruined. Yeah, yeah. A dance-off scene with uh, Seth Rogen and Zac Efron was always going to be good. The airbags. We love a dance off you and me. I usually curse people laughing in the cinema for something they've already seen in the trailer. And I have to say, yeah. the airbag scene still hit. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's good. It is good. Kind of like the uh, Jack in the Box scene in Elf when he's going around <laughs> the house trying to find the last remaining yeah. one. Yeah. He's like, no, surely not in here, good. in the cot. The airbag scene is good because, yeah, you know, you know when they're out there, but you don't know where. And then. When he triggers them, they get you the same as they trigger him. Well, he basically went and just interviewed like every friend he has to ask what their experience of being in a frat was and what the kind of hazing was like and all of these things. And he said most of them were just too horrible to put on film and still have it a comedy. And so the few things that did work, and there was something with airbags, I'm going to assume, because that would be a weird thing to just conjure up unless they're just watching the scene from, what is it, uh, Dumb and Dumber, where it blows up in his face at the airport and he's just... Put yeah, two and two yeah. together. Um, I mean, to have a character in this called Ass Juice, let alone one that we've seen in Tracy Beaker, was strange right. enough. You're, yeah, you're shitting on on what I'm about to talk about because that's my spin-off character. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, <laughs> Ass Juice is a hundred percent the spin-off character of this film. You need to know his backstory and what's gone on there. How is what's his what's he called? Lol from Tracy yeah. Beaker. Is that what he's called? I don't Maroon know. Maroon 5 CD. Yeah, yeah. How is he ended up in a film with Zac Efron? He says. And, so- <laughs> and Rose fucking burned. 
he puts his dick in your mouth while you're sleeping. He goes, uh-uh, I wasn't asleep. <laughs> yeah. Arse Juice is, is the guy that they need to make a spin-off film about. Um, when Efron puts the glasses on as well, after he's re- when he when they're trying to catch how horrible he is, and he's like, go upstairs, draw yourself a bath. I've got some magazines up there. <laughs> Have yourself yeah. a nice rest. He's like, I can't do it, guys. He's too nice. <laughs> but he says... <laughs> Um, do you know what they promised me? Unlimited blowjobs. Yeah. Unlimited. Yeah. And then she says, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, the Teddy and Matt fight is great as well. Um, when he comes upstairs and says, yeah. uh, I'm going to kill you basically. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm going to kill you. Do not open this door no matter what you hear. Like he's being subjected to some torture. Yeah. Yeah. He goes very physical, like Jim Carrey almost, with the noises he makes at the start of there. He's like flapping his lips while he exhales. He's shaking about. Who, Efron? Yeah. Yeah, he does that whole like... <sighs> and it's like tensing out and stretching out and shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then you've got a couple of set pieces in here. The, the trampoline jump is the set piece, and he, and he hits the fan when he throws it at him and it rebounds off the can. Yeah. The fight with the different sized dildos, where he's using the one like uh, the nunchucks, and the other one is, is yeah. like a short dagger. Yeah, yeah. And then, to, I mean, to kick off the ending, and of course, they just they just aim for the mouth. <laughs> yeah, Kanan hurt me tomorrow. Was is a great way to kick off the conclusion of your film. Yeah, yeah. The soundtrack in this is is actually very good. It feels entirely like twenty fourteen. Uh, you got Fergie, London Bridge in there, Kesha, Die Young, Icona yeah. Pop, which I don't think we heard after 2014 with All Night. Mm. Really good. It is just proper um, house party soundtrack, isn't it, really? Yeah, and then the other bits that are in there, you've got some Bowie in there, you've got some R.E.M. in there. Uh, yeah. I think it's uh, tricky, maybe. Um, about Dave Franco, I meant to say this earlier, actually. So... Rogan was the one that really pushed to get Dave Franco a role in this film. Yeah. He, he wanted to make up, basically, he was supposed to be in This Is The End. And... In, what, in, in instead of James Franco? No, so he was going to be in there and they were going to have him brutally killed in front of James <laughs> Franco. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. And then they basically got told it was too dark and too depressing. Yeah. So they put that out and Rogan basically said, I've got something for you. I'm going to get you something. Yeah. Nice guy. They do that. And yeah, he pushes and, and gets in the role in this film. So nice guy. And he's great in this film. Yeah. He had a short run. So 2012, he does 21 jump street, 2013. He does. Now you see me. Yeah. Bad neighbors in 2014. So that's a solid three year run. When's um, warm bodies as well. He's still good in it. Like, it's, he's rememberable. He's the boyfriend. He's like the jilted boyfriend. And maybe 2011, so maybe before 21 Jump Street. Um, yeah. 
And then he but gets, then he, he has kind of disappeared. Well, hasn't he, he's been bogged down by sequels. So in yeah. twenty in twenty sixteen, he does "Now You See Me" two and "Bad Neighbors" two, both which are objectively atrocious. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he does. But <bad, bad. laughs> I, 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 well, I guess it depends what your viewpoint is. I don't think either are awful films, but they're not as good as the first. Put it that way. Think back to that scene where they're throwing the playing card around in Now You See Me Too, please. Yeah, I, yeah, that's the only scene that I can think of. Exactly. So there you go. Um, yeah. Bad Neighbours 2, yeah. yeah. I didn't really know what it wanted to be, I don't think, and I cringed at basically every scene with Chloe Moretz in it. Yeah, but Chloe Grace Moretz, she was... I was just thinking that, like, who else would you put in Nurse Dead? She was the go-to choice for that. She was just it was just written horribly. I thought she was straight out of Kickass. It was just it was just written poorly. Um, yeah, yeah. He also has Nerve in 2016, which I kind of I liked the idea uh, yeah, of Nerve, the social media one. Yeah, they were trying to make him and Emma Roberts a star at the time. Yeah, that's what. Do you know what? Actually, that's that's very telling because I've I watched Nerve, but I. I can't remember that it was him that was in that. So sneaky, sneaky good soundtrack in that film. It says a lot. Maybe I should rewatch that film. I've kind of said I'm going to, but wasn't it? it was an app where where you had to you got told to do something. Yeah, you basically, yeah. Oh, you got eliminated. And then at the end, they're all in that like. Is it like a football stadium? The, yeah, they're in like a coliseum. Well, I kind of some people may want to watch it. So um, yeah, I must have been really pissed watching that film, but I remember enjoying it. He's now gearing up for Now You See Me 3, which, I mean, I'll watch it, but... Now You See Me 2, I think it was Now You See Me 2, was filmed down the road from me, nice. uh, um, Lincoln Lock. Yeah. I think, what's the one where he gets put in like a... They get put in that crate and then chucked underwater. I don't know if it's Now You See Me 1 or Now You See Me 2, but it was like filmed down the road from me, basically. Nice. I remember it being filmed at the time, actually. We actually get some quite emotional-ish moments in this film for the type of film that it is, and Dave Franco is usually the catalyst of that. He's he's very good. With what? So I guess just the kind of pep talks, the realisation that they've made this frat such a huge part of their life, and then ultimately what was it all for? Mm -hmm. Um, Franco is doing the, you know, I'm trying to be a good friend and make him realise what he's doing and he's focusing on the wrong things and... It's just, that works well in the sequel, though, doesn't it? I, you can slack the sequel off. But, I'm not going to rewatch the sequel. So, what I remember of it, it was it just being pretty atrocious. I remember, he, he, I believe he comes uh, out as gay in like the first twenty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Franco. So Franco comes out as gay, and he's a wedding planner for gay there guys. You go. There you go. Yeah. Um, um, and then um, Efron gets brought in to save the girl frats. Yeah, um, yeah, house because they're fucking up. Do you know what? I'm I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the second one. The se- I don't think I dislike the second one as much as you do. I, mean, I thought it was all right. Just I might watch it this evening. Kind of just didn't really need it. Um, yeah, yeah like, well, that's the same with most sequels. It's just bollock. Who would you rather have in this film, Sydney Sweeney or Daniel Kaluuya? Is anything off limits for actress Sydney Sweeney? That's a good question. There we go. That is a good question. Um, <laughs> Tried finding a similar one of those for Daniel Kaluuya. Unfortunately, there's one of him calling himself a wanker, and uh, Colbert is just talking all over the top of it, so couldn't clip yeah. it the same way. Are we talking? Okay, are we talking that we're slotting them into the film, or that we are replacing a character with them? We're three weeks into this, and it's been the same 
every time. They're, they're, it's recasting. And because I, I know the direction you're going to go with this, it has to be for an applicable role. Sydney Sweeney is not going into her film as an extra, nor is Daniel Kaluuya. And so, okay, okay, okay. I figured okay. the direction you may be going in. Um, this is no, this is the question that every every week I just um, I briefly think about. I've broken it down, but I I don't go into the insane detail of Harvard referencing your quotes that you do. You you write essays about this stuff. Teddy's girlfriend is not a big enough role. That is what Axed. I knew you were going to call me out on because I, already. Was, I knew you were going to say that because uh, yeah. Okay, fine. She can't play Jimmy's girlfriend. Bit too weird of a role. Doesn't really match. Like you'd have to recast him in that sense. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. Could, could Daniel Kaluuya be um, Seth you. Rogen's best friend that he works with? Not for me. No. How, uh, Kaluuya comes in as the police officer for me. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. That does make sense. Like he's only a year older than the frat guys, but physically he's just so much bigger than them that it would look weird. Yeah, he'd have. To, if you did it that way, he'd have to play Efron's role. I don't and I'm not. Re- and I'm not taking Efron out. If we're talking about recasting, I actually don't think Sweeney fits into this at all. No, that's I. I like Kaluuya as uh, in Hannibal. Boris's role. Sweeney couldn't be Rose Byrne. And no, no that, would, be. that would be like uh, Knocked Up Part 2 where the same thing happens again and he just can't believe it for a second time that... Sweeney doesn't... Um, no, I'm, I'm sorry, but Sweeney doesn't fit into this film unless it's for sex appeal. I, just, I haven't part. cast her. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's fine. That's I fine. cast Daniel it's, Kaluuya. Yeah, that's fine. Um... Best quotes. Uh, we've had some of yours already. Shall we run through them? Yeah, I've got one. Maybe the one I yeah. laughed at the most, which I still wouldn't have down as my favourite quote. I just didn't have any memory of it, so it made me laugh. Was when the uh, cop comes to his house and he says, you've heard of the boy who cried wolf. Never call us again. And Brooke was like, never? <laughs> what, do, what do you mean? <laughs> You're the police. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's such, you got that down for best quote. That's so shit. It's not, it's not actually my best quote, but I wrote There's it down. There's so many better quotes. It, it, I've got, I've got another five bullet points. Go on then. Um, I laughed at, um, I'm taking you to bonus hand, bitch. And then she says, don't call me bitch. And he's like, oh, I'm taking you to bonus hand, love. Oh, when they're having sex. Yeah, this is also in that. The 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 part with the baby turning around wasn't actually in the script. But after they did the part with the baby turning around, the baby just kept turning around. And so the baby yeah. essentially improvised and that changed the film. Well, so much, so much of this film is improvised. You can see, I mean, you can't fucking... Yeah, I... But so much of this film between Rogan and Byrne is improvised. You can just tell by watching it. If I, if I could just place a big asterisk here, because I don't really want this conversation under best quotes, but it's more under dialogue. So <laughs> did we really need Ike Baron Holtz to say the N-word in this film twice? No. Like it, I agree. Even in I 2014, agree. it felt weird. Yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The, uh, absolutely no need yeah yeah he yeah. does it twice he, he does it early on and then he does yeah, it in, with the a bad armor impression he says it, the first one is shocking 
Yeah, and he does it again. The first one is shocking enough, and then he he replays it, and you're like, well, the, the first one was enough. If you're going for a reaction, you've got it. The second one just feels like overkill. I agree. I think he gets the role in blockers off the back of this film because he's he, everywhere else in the film he's very good. So yeah. I, I don't want it to be yet because of that. Did you ever watch Blockers? No. Leslie Mann in that as well. No. We were talking about teen comedies earlier, and I'm just not sure that film would ever work. And you can call it sexism. You can call it just about whatever. Basically, it was marketed as super bad for girls. Okay. And so it was three girls on their prom night trying to lose their virginity. Yeah. And it is wrong. It it should work, but it just it just didn't. It I don't think that is ever going to work for audiences, certainly not being told in the way that it was. Because yeah. if you're going to tell that film, the whole film is the parents find out their iCloud is synced up to the family <laughs> computer and they're in they're in a limo basically sending texts to each other about how they're going to lose their virginity that night. Because this this that film essentially said that the girls didn't have the same rights, I guess, in Superbad, in that like no no parents in Superbad were going out to block what their kids were doing in, in trying to sleep with the girls. No, most class. of the parents on Superbad were present on set, weren't they? Well, I mean in just in reality, like the whole film blockers is about the parents trying to block them having sex i don't know i've not seen it i've not even heard well, of it. i'm just telling you that's that's yeah. what it is and you that film just would not happen with boys and so if you're going to make the super bad for girls it doesn't work like yeah. certainly with with yeah. that context of it did you ever watch book smart i did i was wondering when we were going to get onto this actually um yeah what's the name um i i the hill beanie beanie her and the other girl because Diva, who i really like well, that's so when, you, when you said about films from 20, did you say 2018? Yeah, that's, it, that uh, was before 2018. Oh, was it? Pretty certain. That, yeah, that's the only film I was thinking of because that film, that feels like this genre of film. And I couldn't, I, I didn't. 2019, okay, 2019. Okay, yeah, okay, fine. So that's the only film that was in my head and I couldn't remember the name. Um, but yeah, her... I just, I just, all that was going through my head was that film with Jonah Hill's little sister, but that feels like a very, very similar sort of film. But then it, it, it does feel very similar to. Um, Are you just Super making Bad. a joke there? Because it's, it's not Jonah Hill's little sister. It is. No, it's not. It is. No. no it is. No, it's not. It is. It is. She's called. She's called Beanie something or other. Feldstein. Oh, for fuck, Luke. I don't, I don't want to have to embarrass you like this on the pod, but that is Jonah Hill's little sister. Right. Go ahead and do a little, quickly do a little Google background research, but it is, it's Jonah Hill's little sister. And when you realise, I don't know what I want, an apology, a pint maybe, I don't know. A few moments later. Jonah Hill, little sister. Beanie Feldstein. Oh look, we'll, so, take, we'll take your word for it. Um, okay, <laughs> okay. The other quotes in this film, uh, do you think maybe we've gone too far? I'm a child of divorce and I sympathize with them. My parents love each other and I think it's hilarious. Well, I think it's hilarious, yeah. yeah. Ike uh, Barinholtz's character, around, Kelly, would you be my surrogate? She's like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Who's your MVP in this? 
Probably. Probably Mac. No, no, it actually have to be Rose Byrne. Yeah, she okay. facilitates the gap between Franco and Efron. She's the one that gets them uh, kicked out of uh, the uni or the college or whatever. She sets the fireworks yeah. off. Yeah, I mean, it has to be her. Okay, okay, okay. Um, any, any others? Well, I want to know what your spin-off character is. Well, because the only thing, so I'm checking the quotes first. This has well, been, this has been, a, this has been a mess of a podcast. If you had to make a spin-off movie about a side character from this picture, who would it be? That's juice. No, no. I've got. Yeah. A, I'm torn really between. You could kind of do a cop film of Hannibal Burris, but I'm not sure you want too much of that character. So maybe cross that one off. Maybe something with um, Jared Carmichael and Christopher Mintz Plus. Okay. I also think something set in their office could be fantastic. The fact that n- literally nobody reacts when two guys are literally launched into the ceiling tells me there is some <laughs> chaos there. Nine to five. <laughs> yeah. True. And then you know how they did this is 40 from Knocked Up. Like, is there any watchability in a Jimmy and Paula spin-off? They reference the fact that they're gonna have a kid to make all their problems go away. They're in are they not in the um spin-off? Are they are they not in Bad Neighbors 2? I've are told you my thoughts on that. Yeah. I'm sure they're in there. I think they are. I think they are briefly in there. I'm gonna watch it. I'm literally gonna watch it after this pod finishes. I'm gonna watch it. I don't think it's as bad as you think. I quite like Chloe, um, Chloe Grace Moretz. Right? She's good, but yeah. In the gift shop based around this film, what's the highest selling item? Um, some kind of miniature airbag propulsion cannon. The maybe like chairs. A, yeah, maybe like or some sort of like little toy that like projects. I don't know. It, it propels jelly beans or something like that. What about a scoony? You're talking about dildos? Yeah, the Scooney. <laughs> oh, I mean, it, how big is the Scooney? And what was it? It was Roseburn's forearm. If it was big enough to wrap around someone's neck, I mean, we're looking at... That's, that's over 12 inches right there. So <laughs> Scooney's blessed. If you want to sell that, then you can sell it, but you also need to put a word of warning on the packaging because that's the weapon. It's going to be the 3D Scooney, the Jesus. airbag chairs. You mean the 3D Scooney? I just told you. We've just done it. What, in 3D? What? It's not 2D, is it? It'd be a piece of paper. Right. Um, or the calendar from the credits. Yeah, Look, good shot. Calendar. Yeah, good shot. Good shot. Good shot. And then to close this one out, I had two other comments down. First of all, just Teddy having an actual painting of a lion in his room just to make a lion's den reference was something I really enjoyed. Nice. Was I there really any need for a naked Seth Rogen? Um, I'll add, there was no need. No, 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 there was. I disagree with that. That was a lot of that. Seth Rogen. No, I disagree with that because you had to you had to show that they were a couple. Even about one there having sex. The second time. Yeah, no, there, no, there was. You had to show that they are a couple, and couples do get naked and they do have sex with each other. They're like, they're, they're not just friends; they are a couple. That was just a, that was a lot of Seth Rogen. I didn't think it gave me any more for the film. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right, fair enough. A lot of Seth Rogen. Well, that brings us to the end. Thank you again for listening to another edition of Movie Madness. Get out. We'll be next week. Also, maybe what I'm saying to Kieran at about seven o'clock next Thursday. Yep. Adios. Goodbye. Bye.